discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. These days, people who have not yet received the COVID-19 vaccine and or display little to no interest in receiving one fall into two camps, according to the mainstream media's labels. Either they are straight up a quote-unquote anti-vaxxer and usually a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist Trump supporter to boot, or they are quote-unquote hesitant. Well, dear listener, I predict that very soon those who immediately don't fall in line with the quote-unquote pro-vaccine narrative will no longer be afforded the luxury of such a soft label as hesitant, and instead shall just become unquestionably considered an anti-vaxxer. Yes, folks, the line is being drawn in the sand. A battle is brewing. The war drums are beating. And whether or not a full-blown conflict is imminent, and exactly what that looks like, remains to be seen. But all of that aside, no matter how you personally feel about the issue, doesn't change the fact that not all quote-unquote anti-vaxxers are crazy, tinfoil-hat-wearing conspiracy theorists-slash-Trump supporters. Some of them are highly qualified, knowledgeable, and or influential people who are taking actionable steps now, wielding the power of politics, the law, and more as weapons against an enemy who, beyond a shadow of a doubt, fired the first shots. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. National File reports the Cato Institute, a libertarian think tank, has come out in support of vaccine passports so long as they are from the private sector rather than the government. In an article posted to their website, which also appeared on the markedly left-wing NBC News, Cato Institute writer and senior fellow Julian Sanchez opined that moves to restrict vaccine passports are, quote, ultimately short-sighted and unlikely to serve either freedom or public health 
end quote. He went on to claim that such moves, quote, unwisely conflate the idea of vaccination credentials in themselves with the most unpleasant way they might possibly be used, end quote. Sanchez then poses the question, quote, is it desirable to have a secure and reliable mechanism to determine who has been vaccinated against the coronavirus for at least some purposes? To this, he answers, of course, there are numerous contexts in which showing evidence of vaccination is either already required or has clear benefits, so a secure, easily verifiable record is self-evidently preferable, end quote. This is in spite of the numerous reported problems with the vaccine, from blood clots to heart attacks to dementia, as well as widespread personal and moral opposition to getting it. In order to ensure that everyone is vaccinated, Sanchez supports measures that would utilize encryption technology where doctors would upload our data to an app. That data would then be readable by a machine, most likely in the form of a QR code. In other words, our information would not be gathered by the government, but rather by an app sponsored by Big Tech. The Cato Institute does not mention how the intelligence community buys our data from Big Tech. Quote, many seem to fear that vaccination certificates would quickly give rise to an authoritarian scenario in which Americans are expected to show your papers, please, to engage in routine activities like grocery shopping, Sanchez writes. He then says that such draconian measures are, quote, neither necessary nor likely, and such concerns aren't a good argument against the certificates themselves. In the absence of a government mandate for every business to check vaccination IDs, there is little reason to think this is a realistic scenario, end quote. Due to standing laws which prohibit mandatory vaccination and potential violation of HIPAA guidelines, the Biden regime is actively working with the private sector to impose mandatory vaccination and vaccine passports on the American people. Sanchez and the Cato Institute ignore this and are thus in lockstep with the Biden regime on the issue of mandatory vaccinations. Thus, when Sanchez writes that, quote, government shouldn't force anyone to be vaccinated, but it should also be reluctant to override private businesses' decisions about how to best protect and satisfy their customers and employees, end quote. He ignores the fact that those choices are ultimately the same thing. Many are arguing against COVID vaccine passports, public or private, as an infringement of our rights and freedoms. Fox News host Tucker Carlson argues that, quote, on the questions of vaccines, Joe Biden is not pro-choice. He is pro-mandate. Just because there's no official federal requirement to take the coronavirus vaccine does not mean that you or your family won't be required to take it. With the full backing of the Biden administration, private industry and nonprofits may be forcing you to, end quote. State Representative Anthony Sabatini reacted to the idea of vaccine passports with a quote-unquote hell no and promised to, quote, do everything in my power to ban vaccine passports, end quote. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed into law a bill which bans both government and the private sector from requiring vaccine passports. He said, quote, in Florida, your personal choice regarding vaccinations will be protected and no business or government entity will be able to deny you services based on your decision, end quote. 
nationalfile.com. And DeSantis isn't the only governor taking such action. News Punch reports, on Friday, the governor of Wyoming, Mark Gordon, issued a directive barring state officials from requiring people to be vaccinated against COVID before being allowed to access state property or services. Gordon said that, quote, vaccine passport programs have the potential to politicize a decision that should not be politicized. They would divide our citizens at a time when unity in fighting the virus is essential and harm those who are medically unable to receive the vaccine, end quote. Summit News reports Gordon also urged that getting a vaccine, quote, is a personal choice based upon personal circumstances, end quote. Gordon was also an early proponent of scrapping the mask mandate back in March and allowing businesses to reopen. Wyoming joins other states, including Alabama, Minnesota, South Carolina, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and South Dakota that have all either passed legislation or issued orders to prevent mandatory vaccinations or COVID passport schemes. Newspunch.com. And in my state, New Mexico, Pandemic.News reports Isaac Legareta, an officer who was fired from working at the Doña Ana County Detention Center in New Mexico for refusing a COVID-19 vaccine, is suing the county manager for imposing the illegal and unconstitutional vaccine mandate. The complaint addresses an illicit directive issued by Fernando Macias, the county manager in question, which orders all county-employed first responders, sheriff's deputies, firefighters, and detention center officers to be vaccinated with either the Pfizer-BioNTech jab or the Moderna jab. Legareta maintains that requiring anyone to take a vaccine that is not yet fully approved by the FDA violates the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. In the case of coronavirus vaccines, none of them have received formal approval and all of them are being administered under Emergency Use Authorization, EUA. Vaccines from both Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna, along with a third from Johnson & Johnson, are all undergoing the clinical trial process, which typically takes several years to complete. Federal law requires that full disclosures be given to individuals about unapproved drug products such as these, explaining, quote, the option to accept or refuse administration of the product, of the consequences, if any, of refusing administration of the product, and of the alternatives to the product that are available, and of their benefits and risks, end quote. In other words, nobody can be forced to take an EUA-designated COVID-19 vaccine. Anyone who tries to force it is guilty of violating federal law. Last summer, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices announced that vaccines released under EUA provisions cannot be mandated. This includes COVID-19 vaccines. In a memo, Macias tried to claim that unless employees of the county were granted an accommodation, quote, being vaccinated is a requirement and a condition of an ongoing employment with the county due to the significant health and safety risks posed by contracting or spreading COVID-19, end quote. This memo 
is a violation of county employees' rights, Legareta's lawsuit explains. Legareta also says he was written up at work and threatened with losing his job for refusing the jab, which is also illegal. Legareta attached to his legal filing a personal memo issued by his superiors that demands he provide proof of receiving the shot within five days or else face termination. The lawsuit seeks an injunction against termination by the county or reinstatement should he be fired before the court issues its ruling. Legareta is barred under New Mexico state law from seeking any monetary damages for retaliatory discharge should this occur. Legareta is also requesting a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction against any further enforcement or disciplinary action, including possible termination in response to his refusal of the vaccine. Nancy Anna Garner, his Santa Fe-based attorney, had previously sent the county a cease and desist letter along with a notice of impending litigation. Garner wrote this letter on behalf of New Mexico Stands Up, a group that opposes the state's draconian COVID-19 quote-unquote public health emergency directives. As of the writing of this article, most of Doña Ana County's first responders had reportedly received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine or a waiver. This includes 195 out of the 203 staff members who work at the detention center. Should any of these county workers end up falling ill or dying as a result of the jabs, there could be more lawsuits soon to follow. Pandemic.news. Wow, how would you like to be one out of seven people at your workplace who has not been vaccinated? Talk about belonging to a minority. And I would imagine if you're a diehard anti-vaxxer, that must be absolutely paranoia-inducing creepy. But moving on, Off Guardian is where you can find a paper that was originally hosted on the Doctors for COVID Ethics Medium account, which is a good thing because the platform censored the group of experts and removed the paper, claiming that the post was quote-unquote under investigation. Exactly what was the paper? Well, reading from the abstract, COVID-19 vaccine manufacturers have been exempted from legal liability for vaccine-induced harm. It is therefore in the interests of all those authorizing, enforcing, and administering COVID-19 vaccinations to understand the evidence regarding the risks and benefits of these vaccines, since liability for harm will fall on them. In short, the available evidence and science indicate that COVID-19 vaccines are unnecessary, ineffective, and unsafe. Bullet point one, necessity. Immunocompetent individuals are protected against SARS-CoV-2 by cellular immunity. Vaccinating low-risk groups is therefore unnecessary. For immunocompromised individuals who do fall ill with COVID-19, there is a range of medical treatments that have been proven safe and effective. Vaccinating the vulnerable is therefore equally unnecessary. Both immunocompetent and vulnerable groups are better protected 
against variants of SARS-CoV-2 by naturally acquired immunity and by medication than by vaccination. Bullet point 2. Efficacy. COVID-19 vaccines lack a viable mechanism of action against SARS-CoV-2 infection of the airways. Induction of antibodies cannot prevent infection by an agent such as SARS-CoV-2 that invades through the respiratory tract. Moreover, none of the vaccine trials have provided any evidence that vaccination prevents transmission of the infection by vaccinated individuals. Urging vaccination to quote-unquote protect others, therefore has no basis in fact. And bullet point three, safety. The vaccines are dangerous to both healthy individuals and those with pre-existing chronic disease for reasons such as the following. Risk of lethal and non-lethal disruptions of blood clotting, including bleeding disorders, thrombosis in the brain, stroke and heart attack, autoimmune and allergic reactions, antibody-dependent enhancement of disease, and vaccine impurities due to rushed manufacturing and unregulated production standards. The risk-benefit calculus is therefore clear. The experimental vaccines are needless, ineffective, and dangerous. Actors authorizing, coercing, or administering experimental COVID-19 vaccination are exposing populations and patients to serious, unnecessary, and unjustified medical risks. And the paper goes on to outline their case in four parts, using plenty of sources and evidence to show that 1. the vaccines are unnecessary, 2. the vaccines lack efficacy, 3. the vaccines are dangerous, and concludes with 4. ethics and legal points to consider. And that last part says, Conflicts of interest abound in the scientific literature and within organizations that recommend and promote vaccines while demonizing alternate strategies, i.e. reliance on natural immunity and early treatment. Authorities, doctors, and medical personnel need to protect themselves by evaluating the sources of their information for conflicts of interest extremely closely. Authorities, doctors, and medical personnel need to be similarly careful not to ignore the credible and independent literature on vaccine necessity, safety, and efficacy, given the foreseeable mass deaths and harms that must be expected unless the vaccination campaign is stopped. Vaccine manufacturers have exempted themselves from legal liability for adverse events for a reason. When vaccine deaths and harms occur, liability will fall to those responsible for the vaccine's authorization, administration, and or coercion via vaccine passports, none of which can be justified on a sober, evidence-based risk-benefit analysis. All political, regulatory, and medical actors involved in COVID-19 vaccination should familiarize themselves with the Nuremberg Code and other legal provisions in order to protect themselves. Off-Guardian.org Speaking of Nuremberg, according to Blazing Press, a team of over 1,000 lawyers and over 10,000 medical experts, led by Dr. Reiner Fulnick, have begun legal proceedings over the CDC, WHO, and the Davos Group for Crimes Against Humanity. Fulnick and his team present the faulty PCR test and the order for doctors to label any comorbidity death 
as a COVID death as fraud. The PCR test was never designed to detect pathogens and is 100% faulty at 35 cycles. All the PCR tests issued by the CDC are rated at 37 to 45 cycles. The CDC admits that any test over 25 cycles are not admissible for any positive reliable result. This alone invalidates over 90% of the alleged COVID infections tracked by the use of this faulty test. In addition to the flawed tests and fraudulent death certificates, the experimental vaccine itself is in violation of Article 32 of the Geneva Convention. Under Article 32 of the 1949 Geneva Convention 4, mutilation and medical or scientific experiments not necessitated by the medical treatment of a protected person are prohibited. According to Article 147, conducting biological experiments on protected persons is a grave breach of the convention. The experimental vaccine is in violation of all 10 of the Nuremberg codes, which carry the death penalty for those who seek to violate these international laws. The quote-unquote vaccine fails to meet the following five requirements to be considered a vaccine and is by definition a medical experiment and trial. 1. Provides immunity to the virus. This is a quote-unquote leaky gene therapy that does not provide immunity to COVID and claims to reduce symptoms, yet double vaccinated are now 60% of the patients requiring ER or ICU with COVID infections. 2. Protects recipients from getting the virus. This gene therapy does not provide immunity and double vaccinated can still catch and spread the virus. Three, reduces deaths from the virus infection. This gene therapy does not reduce deaths from the infection. Double vaccinated infected with COVID have also died. Four, reduces circulation of the virus. This gene therapy still permits the spread of the virus as it offers zero immunity to the virus. And five, reduces transmission of the virus. This gene therapy still permits the transmission of the virus as it offers zero immunity to the virus. The Nuremberg Code violations are as follows. Nuremberg Code number one, voluntary consent is essential. No person should be forced to take a medical experiment without informed consent. Many media, political, and non-medical persons are telling people to take the shot. It's safe and offer no information as to the adverse effects or dangers of this gene therapy. Countries are using lockdowns, duress, and threats to force people to take this vaccine or be prohibited to participate in free society under the mandate of a vaccine passport. During the Nuremberg trial, even the media was prosecuted and members were put to death for lying to the public amongst many of the doctors and Nazis found guilty of crimes against humanity. Nuremberg Code 2. Yield fruitful results unprocurable by other means. As mentioned, the gene therapy does not meet the criteria of a vaccine and does not offer immunity to the virus. There are other medical treatments that yield fruitful results against COVID, such as ivermectin, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, and boosted immune systems for flu and colds. Nuremberg Code number three. Base experiments on results of animal experimentation and natural history of disease. This gene therapy skipped animal testing and went straight to human trials. In mRNA 
research, Pfizer used a candidate study on mRNA with rhesus monkeys using BNT162B2 mRNA. And in that study, all the monkeys developed pulmonary inflammation. But the researchers considered the risk low, as these were young healthy monkeys from the age of 2 to 4. Israel has used Pfizer, and the International Court of Law has accepted a claim for 80% of the recipients having pulmonary inflammation from being injected with this gene therapy. Despite this alarming development, Pfizer proceeded to develop their mRNA for COVID without animal testing. Nuremberg Code Number 4 Avoid all unnecessary suffering and injury. Since the rollout of the experiment, and listed under the CDC VAERS reporting system, over 4,000 deaths and 50,000 vaccine injuries have been reported in America. In the EU, over 7,000 deaths and 365,000 vaccine injuries have been reported. This is a grievous violation of this code. Nuremberg Code Number 5 No experiment to be conducted if there's reason to think injury or death will occur. C Number 4 Based on medical data, this gene therapy is causing death and injury. Past research on mRNA also shows several risks that have been ignored for this current trial gene experiment. A 2002 study on SARS-CoV spike proteins showed they cause inflammation, immunopathology, blood clots, and impede angiotensin II expression. This experiment forces the body to produce this spike protein, inheriting all these risks. Nuremberg Code number six. Risk should never exceed the benefit. COVID-19 has a 98 to 99 percent recovery rate. The vaccine injuries, deaths, and adverse side effects of mRNA gene therapy far exceed this risk. The use of quote-unquote leaky vaccines were banned for agriculture use by the U.S. and EU due to the Merrick Chicken study that shows quote-unquote hot viruses and variants emerge, making the disease even more deadly. Yet this has been ignored for human use by the CDC, knowing fully the risk of new, deadlier variants emerge from leaky vaccinations. Nuremberg Code Number 7 Preparation must be made against even remote possibility of injury, disability, or death. There were no preparations made. This gene therapy was approved under an Emergency Use Act, skipped animal and human human trials and forced on a misinformed public. Nuremberg Code Number 8 Experiment must be conducted by scientifically qualified persons. Politicians, media, and actors claiming that this is a safe and effective vaccine are not qualified. Propaganda is not medical science. Retail outlets such as Walmart and many drive-through vaccine centers are not qualified to administer experimental medical gene therapies to the uninformed public. Nuremberg Code Number 9 Anyone must have the freedom to bring the experiment to an end at any time. Despite the outcry of over 85,000 doctors, nurses, virologists, and epidemiologists, the experiment is not being ended. In fact, more attempts are being made to change laws to force vaccine compliance, mandatory and forced vaccinations are being pushed through, and experimental quote-unquote update shots are planned for every six months without any recourse to the surmountable amount of deaths and injuries 
already caused by this experiment. Nuremberg Code number 10. The scientist must bring the experiment to an end at any time if there's probable cause of it resulting in injury or death. It is clear in the statistical reporting data that this experiment is resulting in death and injury, yet all the politicians, drug companies, and so-called experts are not making any attempt to stop this gene therapy experiment from inflicting harm on a misinformed public. The author concludes the article by saying, Share this information. Make your politicians, media, doctors, nurses informed that if they are complicit in this crime against humanity, they too are subject to the laws set forth in the Geneva Convention and Nuremberg Code, and can be tried, found guilty, and put to death. Legal proceedings are moving forward, evidence has been collected, and a large, growing body of experts are sounding the alarm. Crimes against humanity affect us all. They are a crime against you, your children, your parents, your grandparents, your community, your country, and your future. BlazingPress.com Well, that's it for this one, folks. This is where we part ways for now. Perhaps I'll see you on the battlefield soon. Here's hoping it's next to me and not in front of me. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been the Daily Ruckus for Wednesday, May 12, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.